Hello there. Welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life, Friday the 9th of October. Thank you to the sponsors of the podcast, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Check out Jason Briggs and his Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham team and the kind of sister company, Serene AV, who will specialise in equipment outside of Bang Olufsen if you so wish, I'll give you a bespoke plan for your home entertainment. Check them out on social media, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you to Cytoplan as well for their continued support of the podcast. Food-based supplements, so digested like food. My father, Dr. Mark Draper, very much works as a consultant for them, very much an advocate, recommends them without any commission charge because he's a medical doctor, so he gets no commission for his recommendations, but is very much committed to them. I think as a family, we've spent thousands of pounds on them. Um, do get a commission through my discount code now, but I very much believe wholeheartedly after two decades of taking supplements. And again, there's no control group, but for cytoplan.co.uk, with particularly trying and have felt, and whether it's a placebo effect or a psychosomatic effect, I'm not sure, but have enjoyed the new supplement they brought out called Immune Complete, which is sort of like a one-stop shop for immunity from trace elements like selenium and zinc to vitamin D, particularly that key one, which my dad talked about in a podcast we did recently on immunity, the vitamin D3, as we head into the darker months of winter and the, the sunlight's more uh, elusive, certainly in this part of the world, in the west of England, in the northern hemisphere of the world. But Immune Complete has been a good one. My daughter actually just got some omega fish oil kids omega fish oil which has a lemon flavoring natural lemon flavoring which she seems to enjoy which is great for her for her brain and her health so there's the ones that we're, we're taking as well at the moment the foundation formula was always a staple but cytoplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n.co.uk and my code is draper10 my last name all capital letters d-r-a-p-e-r then the numbers one zero. I hope you're well. I hope you're heading into a good weekend. It's going to be a big weekend in the sport of mixed martial arts because for the first time ever, a major MMA event is taking place in France under the auspices of the French Boxing Federation in Paris. Limited fans at the time of speaking are supposedly allowed into the Accord Arena in Paris where Michael Venom Page is headlining and he is the guest today on the podcast. This is an interview I conducted with uh, for my employers Sky Sports on YouTube. You can watch it the Sky Sports YouTube page if you want to see uh, Michael in action. Gave me a lot of time, I think approaching half an hour. We edited it down a bit, but it's approaching half an hour of time and very candid as ever about the situation, the surreal situation of not being able to have his London uh, fans and, and followers come over with him to Paris and slightly strange circumstances. Also intriguing that he doesn't watch his opponent, Scotsman Ross Houston, is unbeaten. This is his first fight in the organisation Bellator, former cage warrior champion. But Michael, at the time of speaking anyway, hadn't yet seen his opponent or video of him, had relied on his coaching team. We also talk a little bit about his friend Derek Chisora, if you're a boxing fan, because he fights Alexander Usyk. And they've been training together, Michael MVP, Michael Venom Page and Derek. So it's, it's good on that. And also Black Lives Matter. Talk to him. And I think I put that in the podcast as well. An earlier conversation this summer, uh, pretty soon or a few weeks after the tragic death, the killing of George Floyd. And he was hopeful then and maybe feels that the move towards equality has slightly stalled the conversation so that people want to move on. And he's concerned about that as a man who's an advocate of equality. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy this. Michael Venom Page, MMA fighter, big weekend for him and appreciate his time this week. Hope you enjoy this.
Hello there. Welcome along to another Mixed Martial Arts conversation for Sky Sports, looking ahead to an historic weekend in Paris for the first time ever professional MMA event in France, headlined by Michael Venom Page, the Londoner taking on Scotland's Ross Houston. I'm very pleased to say that Michael joins us now from Paris. Michael, good to speak to you. How are you? How's Paris? I'm I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. And uh, the the view in Paris is great. <laughs> yeah, you, I, haven't, you, I haven't been able to go out properly, but yeah, the view the view over here is amazing. Is there a, is there a, is there a feel of history amongst the people out there that you're you're bringing MMA to France? It's, it's a big moment, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But again, because I can't really um, go out and interact with the crowd and interact with the people, you, you can't really get the, that that sense. Do you know what I mean? But um, uh, yeah, in general. Uh, I think just I, I, I think people can actually feel it. Yeah. And does it feel for you though, on a personal level to be headlining the first ever mixed martial arts event in France? Does it feel significant for you? You'll be in the history books. No, hundred um, percent. It's 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 definitely uh, a massive moment in MMA, uh, and it's great to be you know the one opening the door for that. You know, almost. So yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to to putting on a show. I had to look back at when we spoke last because in the sort of uh, the pandemic era, you sort of lose track of time. But I think it was yeah, July. Yeah, so true. <laughs> July, how, how was how's your camp been since then? Have you had the sparring, all the disciplines you need? Have you, do you feel mentally ready for this? Yeah, you know what? What, what the one the good thing about London Shoot is we were able to, um, during the pandemic, they were able to quali qualify themselves as an uh, elitist gym, which mm. allowed for professional athletes to. Uh, to you know to, to continue training um uh, we just had to adhere to certain covid you know practices blah 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 the the, the the normal kind of stuff um but it also meant a lot of people uh that also like a lot of other professionals in the area that their gym where their gyms weren't open were able well you know were almost forced to come down to you know mm. train with with us which was great because it meant just new bodies and being able to practice your your you know, things that you've been working on, your jiu-jitsu moves, your wrestling moves, your striking moves on different bodies. And and it just meant throughout that time, we were, we were getting loads and loads of people in. And the traffic was great because there wasn't any. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, yeah. <laughs> Cuts down on the commute side, I suppose, and the stress, which is which is nice with that. Your yeah, opponent, Scott, Scotland's Ross Houston. He's a former cage warrior, welterweight champion, undefeated record in MMA. He seemed to have a lot of submissions yeah. early on. He started having more knockouts in the professional ranks. Have you, have you seen much of Ross and his strengths and weaknesses? I, I actually haven't watched him yet, which is what my coaches keep screaming at me about. But I, uh, I will do it in the next few days. Um, you have a little watch. But again, like I said, I always like to leave it to them. They kind of paint the picture because they're very detailed about um, combat in general. They paint a really accurate picture of anybody that you know I go to have to go to fight so it never feels like I need to um do much research myself but my coach hates that <laughs> he always wants me to do it for non-fighters it's interesting to, to think how we would approach it because I suppose in one sense you want to be researched and have plan a b and c but in another sense you want to believe in yourself come what may how do you how do you approach that is your balance about getting yourself right and feeling that in any given situation you'll be able to respond in a lot of different things, I don't like to overthink it full stop. I think that's, those things can create barriers. And as you say, you can look into somebody, and especially somebody that's undefeated, they're going to have a lot of great highlights um, mm. that is not relevant to yourself because the people that they're fighting are nowhere near your style of fighting. So it's not, it's not an accurate picture, in my opinion. But um, 
I always like to watch just more to put a face to the style that my coach coaches have kind of painted. And then it, it, it kind of reaffirms, because I've got so much confidence in them, confidence in them. It reaffirms what they've been telling me all, all already. And I just watch it a couple of fights and I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, I can see what they're talking about there. I can see what they're talking about here. Great. So then let, let's, let's get the party going. Yeah. He said he was surprised you took the fight because you're so established versus a, a kind of unknown quantity in himself. What was your thinking? Was it just a case of, of getting moving? Well, yeah, only because a lot of the American fighters I can't fight at the moment. One, mm. um, I'm because of, literally because of this COVID thing, uh, I can't fight a lot of those guys. Basically, my US uh, visa had run out, and I'm struggling to get it going again because the embassy is just crap mm. right now. Um, so um, we're still just pushing towards that, which should happen soon, hopefully. Uh, but which meant I can't really travel to the states to fight. Uh, a lot of the guys in the States don't want to come to Europe to fight again because of the same thing. So all the guys that you would put me up against, uh, we at the moment can't seem to match up with. So I had to find somebody over here. And it, again, it's not me looking. Bellator kind of uh, put forward his name. And because he's undefeated, because he was the champion, um, you know, he's, it, it just kind of made sense. They, they put a name forward. And to be fair, my coaches deal with it. They're like, yeah, great. Let's just, let's just get a fight going. Yeah, the pieces came together. So it's, it's great to, to have you back out again. How do you see this playing out in terms of a conclusion if, when you would win the fight? You're currently tied with Douglas Lima and Patrici Freire, the Brazilian, for most wins by knockout. You've got nine in that category. Is that the way you're looking to finish it? Or have you been reflecting on different weaponry in this time off? Oh, uh, yeah, it's funny because I actually only, it's only I did an interview, I think, last week sometime. And it's only then that somebody told me that was the case with regards to the knockout thing. Again, I don't pay attention to those kind of things. Mm. Um, so it's, it's cool, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not searching for anything uh, specific, but at the same time, that's, that is my game. It's not something that I wouldn't, I'm going to shy away from. Uh, you know, I like to land very sniper like hits, uh, which usually put people down. Um, my style is, you know, very unorthodox, as people have seen. It, it frustrates people, it flusters people, makes them either rush in or, or hang back. And, and both work really well for me. So um, a, lot of, a lot of the time, I'm not even chasing a knockout. So all the knockouts that I do have, I'm not really even chasing them. I'm just landing, you know, I keep firing and landing those accurate shots. And it, it, most of the time people fall over. <laughs> they do. Do you dare think of the future at this point? Are you looking potentially a rematch with Douglas Lima has been mentioned in the past. How do you, how do you see the equation at the moment? That's all I'm looking for. Um, it's great that he's still got the belt because it means it's two birds with one stone. Uh, but yeah, that's all I'm looking at. I, I, in all honesty, I, I have no interest in any other fight apart <laughs> from that fight. Uh, it's a fight is, that for, is that for yourself to level the score psychologically? You just want to kind of even it up? Not even. I think if I was if I was dominated during that fight, my eagerness to fight him again might not be the same. But I felt like I was in control of that fight, and I felt like it was a fight that I had let go. You know, mm. my, through my mistakes, through my over eagerness and like rushing in in certain area in certain areas, it felt like I gave that fight to him. And mm. that's more of an annoying feeling to have the person that is a current champion of your weight division uh, where you feel like you literally gave him that win. Um, uh, so it just, I, I feel like I know what I can do to him. I know 
I, that's a fight that I can win. Uh, so it's more that. It's just I just want to kind of rectify that just for myself because I know what should have happened. Mm. What are your thoughts on Lima moving up to middleweight as well? Is that a gap he can bridge comfortably, do you feel? He's, well, he's a big, he's a big welterweight, so he can. But with regards to fighting Masasi, it's that's a very difficult one. It's a, for me, that guy's one of the greatest in our sport, full stop. Mm. So um, I'm not sure... You sparred, you sparred Masasi, right? Is that right? Yeah, weird enough. I sparred Masasi in preparation for Lima. Uh-huh. And the reason I did that is because I literally find Masasi is the bigger version of Lima. Mm-hmm. They have very similar strengths. Um, but his, the, where, he, where it drastically changes is uh, Masasi's ability on the floor. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's his, his, his hip strength uh, on the floor. And we've seen that in the way he just walk through um, uh, um, McDonald. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's, it's like, and McDonald's ability on the floor, everyone knows is great. So just seeing that, I, I think that's going to be the mass, the, 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 the difference maker. I you don't think. With, uh, yeah. Pick with Sassy for that one then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Again, not, not taking anything away from Lima. I just think he is slightly smaller than Masasi and, not not as good on the floor. Yeah, great to get your knowledge of, of both men. Appreciate that as well. Real rare insight. Now, we asked Paul Daly last week, one of your long-time rivals, about two-weight champions. How do you see that picture? Is it logistically a complication for, for Bellator or for UFC, whatever the organisation, because you then have a sort of hold-up in time for when those belts are defended? Yeah, I think, you know, Conor McGregor kind of made it a bit of a fad that everyone kind of wants to now say they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't. I, I couldn't care less. Like uh, whatever weight that I'm supposed to fight. I, I, yeah, I don't think it means too much. A lot of the time, the guy with um, a guy going in, so the guy that has a belt going in for the other belt is kind of it's kind of a win-win because if I lose, well, you know, the guy it wasn't my weight division, and I'm still a world champion. So it's a bit weird. Um, again, if you're going to completely change weights, that's that's different, and that's as a non-champion, but. Uh, I, I, I get the fascination, but at the same time, it, it, yeah, for me, I, don't, I actually don't care enough. I don't, I don't follow trends like that mm. anyway. So, and I feel like it is just a trend. Everyone's kind of jumping on the bandwagon of, you know, being able to just, just say, you know, I'm a two-weight world champion. It's going to start turning into boxing where mm. you can have, you know, multiple champions. But then it does get complicated with, oh, well, what belt are you defending? You're going to have to give up that belt and this belt. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's even more for... for casual fans to have to pay attention to that they you know they're already struggling with (laughs) with people as it is (laughs) just wanted to have your reflections on Paul Daly had a pretty traumatic week last week in Milan didn't make weight got taken to hospital Bellator have now come out and said there's going to be a catch weight his final ever I think 175 they're looking at for for that catch weight what are your reflections on on that announcement that seemingly brings to an end his his MMA career I'm happy Uh, it doesn't bother me if you can Mm. I think he should disappear now. No one's going to care too much. Really? You're still, you're, still, you're, still not, you're still not a fan of him? No, nah, not at all. Not at all. You know what it is? Again, it's more to do with the, the person. Um, I think he is very childish. I think he's very just wily. You never know what he's going to do. And, and even things like this, uh, I think it's a bit unprofessional. Um, hmm. You know, it's, you have a, a certain amount of time, same as amount of time as your opponent, to make that weight. And if you have any... If you have any issues making that weight, we can. There's conversations to be had way, way in advance to just 
you know, speak to your opponent and say, look, you know, so your opponent's not stressing out on the other side. It's better to just speak to your opponent and say, look, um, can we just do it this way? Because it wouldn't be funny. At the end of the day, it's still the fight is between you and that other person. So mm. if you're both happy to shake hands and say, yeah, let's do it at whatever weight, it, it shouldn't really matter to the organization, especially if it's not a belt. Um, so there's just plenty of things that you could do way in advance to, you know, alleviate these problems that you're having. And it's not the first time that he's done that. Uh, I've been there when he was actually moving the scale around, which is you're not even allowed to do. He was on stage jumping on the weight and on the scales and like, no 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 put it over here and i jumping i'm like it's ridiculous <laughs> well because it, it uh, makes a difference it makes a difference what part of the room it's in does it I, I, I don't know i don't know i think you i, don't, I couldn't tell you man I, maybe yeah. lost a bit too much water to his brain that time but he was uh um it was it was stupid and again he's, he's he affects everybody else that's standing around waiting to to weigh in as well mm. um but yeah again it, i think it's just unprofessional to be fair when we were first speaking at the top of this interview, you mentioned the travel logistical problems with with going kind of for different continents. Derek Anderson yep. flew over from California, Paul's opponent. How much sympathy would you have for Derek in that scenario? Because he actually echoed a lot or said a lot of the things that you were saying there about how he would have agreed catch white ahead of time. Yeah, again, that's my that's that's my point. It's just I, I don't know what the sorry, my, my, my battery just going down a little bit. I'm just gonna charge it. Yeah, so just having a um a, a, a nice conversation ahead of schedule is just fair for both parties and as you say he's just traveled over from another place stressed out his body only to not have a fight and it's i think that's um that's, it's unfair definitely. yeah we kept we kept you a long time michael I wanted to quickly reflect on some of the conversations we had around black lives matter last time the tragic yeah. death, death of george floyd was really raw at that point we'd seen the protests uh, following that we'd seen statements about equality and inclusion do you feel the open communication you wanted has started to happen between people between white black people and all different groups about what's been happening and, and what should happen so there's a lot of um conversations well i say just afterwards there's, there's been a lot of conversations happening which was great to see mm. now it, a lot of people is almost seemingly fed up of having mm. these conversations and I find that very offensive because um, this is a struggle that a lot of people are going through now. It's, it's, it is current to, to people now, even a lot of people that are, have been working with colleagues and didn't even know that they even had these kind of struggles. Mm. Um, and now that conversation has started, everyone's kind of like, oh, get over this thing now, get over this. So this is something that's, you know, we've been struggling with for years and years and years and years and years. It's just come mm. to light and everyone's already fed up. And I feel it's almost making people more racist <laughs> with mm. a lot of their responses. And it's very difficult. Like, there's certain things that I I don't even like to even have a, have a conversation about because I find a lot of people are just ignorant about it. And I feel if you do a, even a little bit, just the smallest amount of research, you'd understand uh, a little bit more and probably you know take a little bit uh, take a step back and allow uh, us to to breathe in this area and actually um push to to for for actual equality um but mm. yeah uh it's, it's it's a difficult conversation with i'm still doing a lot of work in the background uh hoping for for massive you know hoping for change and we'll, we'll see how it goes how do you feel about taking the knee in the wave of taking the knee across the world with the premier league nfl nba joshua boatsi who is a black british boxer from accra ghana originally he took the knee it's fight at the weekend that he won a light yeah. heavyweight contender boxer 
do you feel that it's it's a significant message that still resonates or, or is it tokenism how do you feel about it well i guess it, it just keeps things alive i think in where i feel the news now is kind of um I think even even the news, when I say people are fed up with it, even the news now are not showing as much as they used to. There's mm. still been a lot of protests going on. You don't see it on the news. Uh, yeah. I've been involved in a few protests. You're not seeing it on the news. So um, it's almost it's almost encouraging people to get okay. Let's just get over this now. Let's 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 move. Let's move on. We're we're done with that phase now. Like that that's an old that's old news. So in these sporting moments where people are you know especially with how you know sport is only just starting to come back people are excited to be watching sports it's excited to be mm -hmm. watching the premier league and things and, and, and boxing so having people still show that you know there's there's still it's still going on i think is, is mm -hmm. definitely still important and real real change will be presumably when people feel the world is fairer is that is that true that w when people in business in sport wherever it might be in society feel that when they go into any given situation, they're given a, a fair shake based on their individual characteristics, not anything else. It's a, it's a sort of, it's difficult to know when we'll, when we will know when we get there. I, I, yeah, it's, it's a very difficult one. A lot of the times, uh, and I've said, this is the, the, the difficult thing about this scenario is somebody has to lose their place at the table and mm. who's willing to lose that seat. Mm. You know, you know, there's 10 people around the table. It's all in the, the white community, shall we say, who's willing to lose their seat in order for that equality to start happening. Very few mm. people aren't because it affects their pockets. Mm. And um, this is why the change is going to take a while. It's, gonna, it's not something that's going to happen immediately. But um, uh, for me, I was, like I said, I was, I was just excited that people are having these conversations, which shows that we're going to be heading in the right direction. And now it feels like we, there's a bit of a stalemate now. So hopefully we can continue having this conversation and then not be hate And I'm talking on both sides. It shouldn't be, there shouldn't be any anger from the black community. It should be more just let's keep spread, keep, you know, promoting this message that, you know, things are still uneven here. Things are still slightly uneven there. We would like, you know, just can we work together on making these kind of changes and not just, you know, the hate. And I get where the, the anger and the hate comes from, but we need to learn how to challenge it uh, uh, and channel it a lot better. Yeah, move towards a fairer world. It's a strong argument, I think, underneath it all. Can I ask you quickly about Derek Chisora, your, your friend? Yeah. You talked about him maybe at MMA. What's your thoughts on his upcoming match against Alexander Usyk? A lot of people writing him off because of the Ukrainian skill, but what do you make of that? I have to say Usyk is a, a, an amazing fighter. Great. Um, but I, I've had the, the, the pleasure of seeing and working with Derek um, and just seeing his improvement. It's, it's scary, man. It is scary. He's... He's now working a lot with us and my coach. And as I said, my coach is a scientist. He does not, he does not like to lose. Let's say that <laughs> he does not like to, like to give, lose. Give, it, give him a name sure. plug. Give your coach a name plug. Uh, Alexis Dimitriadis. He's yeah. uh, just an amazing coach, to be fair. Like uh, all-rounded. He's very experienced in absolutely everything. Um, he's dedicated his whole life to martial arts. Uh, him and Paul Ivins opened a, a MMA gym over, I think, like 25 years ago. It was the first MMA gym in London, or oh, sorry, in the UK actually first. Um, so that, and they've been, they, they still, they still exist now. It shows you their success, and and they fought at every, every uh, mixed martial arts, uh, like at the highest level, and every show uh, ever that's ever existed, which again shows you their success rate and and. Uh, you know what they are they're able to achieve um he 
what I like about uh, the this new relationship that we have with Derek is, I think, especially in boxing, I've, I've seen this a lot within boxing. A lot of the time, especially at the pro level, you hire your staff, you hire your coaches, you hire your your strength and conditioning uh, uh, coaches, you hire your, I don't know, whatever it is that you're doing, you hire your nutritionist. If you don't like something, you get rid of them. Mm. Yeah, and it's and it's it's very hard to push yourself or be pushed if as soon as you don't like and as soon as you're in your you know uncomfortable zone, uh, mm. you get rid of that thing that is making you uncomfortable. And I feel like a lot of people they um, lose out. There's a lot of people in boxing miss out on actually achieving a lot more because of this one factor. With my coach now, um, he he doesn't take any crap. <laughs> <laughs> From, from anybody um so Derek's come in initially and there's a bit of tension there initially um but my coach he, he, what, what again what, what I'm so proud of him as a person is he doesn't do things for for finance mm. so if it when it comes to that uncomfortable time he's like mate I've got stuff to do over here I do <laughs> have to, I do not have to be here not one second more do not waste my time and having that attitude and it's genuine having an attitude i think derek saw that he's not there for the money which i think probably drew derek more to him and you know he, as much as he hates having to deal with the the sessions that he's been given and he's, he's he's complained a few times um he appreciates it you know it's the first time i think he's he's been with somebody that he knows is not he's not going to take his crap he's going to push him all the way and so i'm i'm genuinely excited for people to see this uh this Derek and I I I I can see a, a massive upset. Really? Yeah. Well, he's got pedigree as well, Derek. To be fair, hasn't he? He's been in of course, no, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah, I I, I see why people naturally want to write somebody like him off. But um, yeah, he's he's been putting in a lot of work, and it's not not even because he he wants to, it's because he has to now. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Keep keep the ego in check. He sounds like a great coach in, in terms of doing that. Great boxing match to look forward to. But we're really yes. looking forward to your MMA match on Saturday. Tell us quickly in a sign off how it's gonna how it's gonna play out in Paris. Well, they needed me to um, in this historical moment to make a statement. You know, mm. uh, they were the first organization to get into France, and you want to make it something big. So you had to call me. You had to call me. Uh, so I'm here to to help uh, pu push that through. People are definitely going to remember this this first night in France of MMA. They certainly are, Michael. I really appreciate your time as well. It's very kind of you, close to a fight, to spend so much time with us. And best of no luck problem. on Saturday. So there we have it. Fantastic stuff. Appreciate Michael Venom Page's time. Good luck to him and Ross Houston in that match on Saturday night in Paris. Remember, for more mixed martial arts news and conversation head to skysports.com. Thank you for watching and goodbye for now. Very candid, Michael Venom Page wishing the best of luck against Ross Houston Saturday night. Believe it may be in the UK on Channel 5, but if you want to see more interviews like that, I don't put all of them up here, but just ones that kind of arouse my curiosity. And I think him talking about studying opponents of the Black Lives Matter issues as well. Hopefully, sort of just thoughtful about that. Um, certainly that the illuminating revelations for colleagues was was big for me and this sort of exposure of the ongoing racial injustices perhaps the way people are treated it's not a fair world the question is how you reflect a process which is quite sort of beneath the surface I suppose in terms of getting equality in processes at businesses around bias unconscious bias whether that's 
physically demonstrable and and obviously viewable in the way that the sort of protests were and the initial outrage to George Floyd, the justifiable, righteous outrage. So I think it's a, it's a complex picture as to how we'll know when the world is has reached an egalitarian state, whether there'll be no prejudices where the right person, the most talented, the most practiced person, the most accomplished person will get a position at a company because it's humans picking other humans, isn't it? It's a very strange way. Maybe it's about the process and the systems you use to select people in various walks of life. Certainly, it's always been random as a broadcaster and a presenter. It's very personal decisions, whether they want a woman, a man, and whether they want someone who's white or an ethnic diversity, they probably wouldn't say that they wanted a white person, but maybe they specify. So it's a very, it's a difficult situation. Not my employer at Sky, by the way, just previous experiences. So it's it's a complex picture. And I appreciate his candor on that, Michael Venom Page. And I wish him the best of luck against Ross Houston. Wish Ross, of course, the best of luck. May they all come out healthy. May the sport be a success on its big bow in Paris. Certainly have a lot more respect. Not a lot more respect. I've always had a respect for it, but a lot more understanding of the complexity of mixed martial arts. And I'm going to put out a piece actually with Chris Cyborg next week, who's a famous female MMA fighter, wants to fight Katie Taylor in boxing. She's a lot bigger than Katie Taylor, which may be an issue uh, in terms of finding a weight they can meet in a boxing ring. But also with mixed martial arts, the realization that boxing is one of many skill sets required of of a fighter, particularly a rounded fighter in terms of boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai. There's so many different sports within a sport. It's a fascinating thing. I've enjoyed I'm trying to learn a little bit more about it during the pandemic because I've been working from home and, and interviewing people for Sky for the multi-sport coverage because Sky has a, a rights agreement with Bellator, which is sort of the contender now for, for UFC in terms of the high-profile MMA organisations. Some people may dispute that, but I think they seemingly are on the rise and this, this show in Paris maybe reflects that. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. And remember, if you are trying to stave off those coughs and colds, optimize your immunity generally, and you want to take some supplementation, particularly vitamin D3, as well as is one that a lot of doctors resonate with in terms of singing from the same hymn sheet in in the UK and the lack of sunlight over the winter, then go to cytoplan.co.uk and get 10% discount code. If you like, you don't have to go there, but if you'd like to go there, you can get a 10% discount code with the code DRAPER10, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the number's one zero. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you could rate it on iTunes, fantastic. If you want to connect with me on social media, eddraper81 on Twitter, ed underscore draper81 on Instagram. Thank you for your company. Appreciate you guys, and goodbye for now. Have a good week.